welcome to you from Inside the Hive with me, Jane Galloway from Quiet the Hive. Today I am bringing you everything about beating procrastination. You'll know if you follow me on Instagram or over on Facebook that I produced a beating procrastination toolkit that continues to be my most downloaded resource available for free to you from my website. I'm going to pop the link into the show notes so that you can download that whenever you're ready to, but I wanted to make sure it was accessible in a number of different ways. So you may have seen me do the podcast last week, you may already have the Beating Procrastination Toolkit, you may be someone who learns better by listening. So that's why I want to share it with you in as many different ways possible, because I know from what I'm hearing from you that these tools bring value, and I want to share that with you. Enjoy the episode, and as always, please leave any comments or any ratings. Everything you do helps others to find this episode, and I know there are so many of us out there who would benefit from the Beating Procrastination Toolkit. Here we go. Hello. So, I wanted to give you another way to access the Beating Procrastination Toolkit. You'll know that last week I did a webinar all about it and I have um, put out the paper version for people to download and use. But the more and more I do this and the more and more I learn about helping other people to access my material, I'm thinking about all the different ways that people might want to do that. So we have it written down for those of you who read in a worksheet form for those of you who need to take notes. We have it um, on a webinar, which I'm really happy to deliver again if there is need for it, for people who need to have the conversation about it. And now for those of you who are oral learners, who learn by listening, there's the podcast. So I am going to run through all of the tools that you need to think about beating procrastination. There are four main reasons why we procrastinate, in my opinion. And under each of those four reasons, I've given you three tools that you can access. So I'm going to go really um, fairly rapidly through it because you know that you can also download the toolkit to help you with some of this. But I wanted to be able to put it in a form that was accessible for everyone. So. The biggest thing I can tell you about procrastination is that we all do it. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, it doesn't mean you're lazy, it doesn't mean you're unskilled, it just means you haven't got the right toolkit yet. And that is what I'm here to talk to you today about. So why do we procrastinate? Well, I think, as I mentioned, there's four main reasons. One of them is that it's just, the thing that we need to do is just too big. We just don't know where to start with it. Reason number two is that we just don't want to. Reason number three is that fear factor. So being scared that we might fail at whatever it is that we're doing. And I've got some great hints and tips for that. And then reason number four is we feel like we have no time to do the thing. And why is procrastination a problem? Well, because we all suffer from it, it isn't a huge problem. 
unless you're one of the 20% of people who become a chronic procrastinator. And then it can lead to issues and problems in relationships, whether that's at home or at work, and can contribute to anxiety and depression, which is why it's so important that you have a number of tools in your toolkit that you can access when you need to. Procrastination is self-fulfilling. So bear with me on this. What I mean by that is that we get negative reinforcement for procrastinating. So if we don't do something, the thing that you're worried about, the thing you're putting off, the thing you're nervous about, if we don't do it, we get a sense of relief from the fact that we don't have to do it. And that then negatively reinforces every time we put that thing off. So what we want to do is flip it around so that actually by doing it, we get a sense of satisfaction and that becomes then positive reinforcement for doing it. You know how it feels when you've been putting something off and all of a sudden you make a tiny bit of progress towards it and don't you feel good for it? We all do it, okay? So please hear me when I say it doesn't mean you're lazy, it doesn't mean you're rubbish, it just means you haven't found the toolkit that works for you yet. Yet, that's a powerful word. The other thing I want to remind you is that you cannot give 100% of your time and energy to 100% of the things 100% of the time. So don't beat yourself up for it. So let's start with the first category for why we put things off. Ah, no, before I do that, actually, let me just give you a little reminder. One of the things you absolutely need to tap into is your purpose. Now, you've heard me talk about purpose and the importance of purpose before. It helps with resilience, it helps with direction, it helps with motivation, but it also helps with beating procrastination. Because once you're clear on your purpose, you can prioritise. And when you can prioritise, that makes things easier. So if you've got a massive to-do list, go through it and prioritise it into four quadrants. So if you imagine a box that's split up into four corners. So in one corner, you have the, I need to do this and I want to do this. In another corner, you have, I need to do this, but I don't want to. In another corner, you have, I want to do this, but I don't need to. And in the final corner, you have, actually, this doesn't take any of the boxes. And then we think about ditching it or delegating it something to send it away without it having to be on your mind anymore. So let's start with category number one. It's just too big. This thing that I need to do is huge and I do not know where to start. So as I said, I've got three tips under each of these categories. Tip number one, it will be so familiar to those of you who follow me on Instagram, um, which is at quiet underscore the underscore hive. Every Sunday, I do something called Three Things Sunday. And that's not something I do on my own. It's done with a huge community of us who commit to three actions we're going to do in the week that will get us closer to where we need to be, get us closer to where we want to get to. The premise for this is really simple. So it comes from something I learned from the wonderful Dr. Gemma Monroe, who I spoke to on my podcast a couple of weeks ago now, about eagle vision and mouse steps. So when we're really clear, when we know what the big vision is, where we know where we're traveling to, that can sometimes feel incredibly daunting. So the thing is to plot out some small little mouse steps that we can take to get us there. 
And that's the premise of Three Things Sunday. Come along and commit to three small things that you're going to do to move you closer to where you want to be that week. Things become much more manageable when you break them down into smaller chunks. Number two. So are you trying to do too many things? Is that why it feels so huge? So there's a wonderful book called Essentialism by Greg McKeown. And he talks about actually what is the wisest investment of your time and energy? And this is all coming down to prioritisation again. We can't do everything. So let's pick the thing that is most important, the thing that will get us closest to where we want to be. Anything that isn't a hell yeah is a heck no. Anything that doesn't make you leap with excitement or so sometimes we have to do things that don't make us leap with excitement but if it doesn't tick the boxes if you can't say this is something I really need to do then it's a no. And number three under this category of it being too big is ask for help. We're not great at asking for help and I think particularly women we struggle to do this um, especially because we're told to help others so actually asking for help for ourselves is not something that comes naturally that's a sweeping generalization I realize as I'm saying it but I think it is true and I know from doing the seven day challenge the, um, the quarterly personal review challenge that a lot of us struggle with asking for help but ask for help so when you don't know where to start ask someone else get a different perspective especially if it's someone who is different than you because they will come up with different alternative solutions that you may not even have considered may not even come close to considering as to how to get started so that's category one it's too huge where do i start category number two and i'm sure we've all been here is i just don't want to so we know there are things that we have to do that we don't want to. Sometimes these are work things, sometimes they are home things, but whatever it is, we just don't wanna do it. So I have three tricks and one of them is absolutely one that I use all the time with the day job when I'm really struggling with something. So number one, just start. Motivation comes from action. It's not the other way around. If we waited around until we felt like going to the gym, until we were really motivated and then we went, we probably wouldn't go as regularly as we should. But what happens when you do go to the gym or you go out for the run or you start doing the task that you've been putting off? Actually, you notice how good you feel. It comes back to that positive reinforcement. So in order to get to the point where you're then motivated by having done the action, you go out for a run, the run is hard but you get back and you feel good it's that thing that's going to help you to go next time so motivation comes from action not the other way around so you're going to use the five minute rule whatever it is that you are putting off just do it for five minutes if it's going out for a run get in your running kit say to yourself i only have to go for five minutes and go if it's putting off doing your taxes say i'll just do five minutes of this what you'll inevitably find is at the end of five minutes, you've found a bit of flow and you're happy to keep going a little bit longer. And if the worst comes to the worst and it's not the case, then hey, you've been out and you've moved for five minutes or you've got five minutes closer to completing your taxes, whatever it is. Number two is a technique called Pomodoros. I love this technique and I use it so much. So Pomodoro is because it was invented by a guy called Francisco Carrillo 
um, and he was Italian and Italian for tomatoes, Pomodoro. And he had one of those, I'm, I'm now um, acting it out, which is pointless on a podcast, isn't it? I realise. But he had one of those kitchen timers that's shaped like a tomato that you twist. And his motivation for developing this technique came from using that timer. So you're going to set your timer for 25 minutes and you're going to focus on the thing for 25 minutes. And at the end of the 25 minutes, when the alarm goes off, you do five minutes of whatever you want to. Lying down on your bed, staring at the ceiling, quick meditation, go for a walk, make a coffee, have a wee, whatever it might be in those five minutes. And then you come back and you set the timer again and you do another 25 minutes and then you have another five minute break. You do three or four of these and then you take a longer break, a 20 minute or half hour break in which you don't go back to that activity. You do something different. I find it works really well because actually... I know that at the end of 25 minutes, I'm going to be able to distract myself. It works particularly when I notice that I am distracted when I should be doing a task and I'm messing around on my phone or whatever it might be. Number three may feel a bit scary for some of us, but the, the, the point for number three when you just don't want to is, well, don't do it. Just don't do it. What would happen? So the just don't doing it is leave it, or it's outsource it, or it's delegate it, but just don't do it. And if you notice that the thought of just not doing it makes you feel sick because something, the implications of that are too big, then you need to try one of the other two techniques. But if you really don't want to do it, if it falls onto you because it's someone else's priority or it aligns with someone else's values and purpose, consider whether you have to do it at all. Reason number three we procrastinate is I'm scared. I'm scared I might fail at doing this thing. Now, if you have littles in the room with you, you might want to pause it for a moment or stick your headphones in or turn down the volume a bit because I'm going to use a word that's not for littles. So my first technique from this comes from a writer called Anne Lamott and she talks about giving yourself permission to write a shitty first draft. And what that is, is for those of you who are, I say you because I'm certainly not, but for those of you who are perfectionists, this can really help because actually the thought of doing something that isn't perfect can be crippling. It can be something that stops you from doing anything at all. So actually giving yourself permission to do something that isn't quite up to scratch means that you can just have a stab at it. It doesn't matter if it's not perfect. So give yourself permission to write the shitty first draft. You can turn the volume back up now. That's the last time I'll say that word for this podcast anyway. Number two, lean into the fear. So you will all know that I'm a huge fan of Tara Moore and she talks about two words when she talks about fear and they come from um, uh, the um, Old Testament Jewish language um, and she has two words. I'm pausing because I've not explained that very well in all honesty but they are old Jewish words um, that she came across and just loved the definitions and they're fantastic. So number one is the, the talks about the fear that we get when we worry about things that might happen. So when we start catastrophizing or we stop ourselves from doing something because of what might happen, what if, and that's Pashad. Yira is where you want to lean in. Yira is the feeling you get when you are inhabiting a space that is bigger than you are used to. Now, if that's the fear, 
there are some tips and techniques that you can use to lean into that. But notice it. You'll feel it in your body. You'll notice when your body tells you that something is is a good fear. I, I absolutely get it in my stomach. Um, it feels like butterflies. Some people feel it in their chest or in their brain or wherever. But listen into your body and then lean into the fear. Explore why that's stopping you. Explore why your inner critics come up. And for those of you who are on the podcast on Wednesday, thank you so much. You'll know I shared some really good tools there that you can use. So lean into that fear if you're scared. Question yourself. Get curious about it. What would it take to move past it? Number three under the I'm scared category is explore the so what And this is one of those, another wonderful technique from Tara Moore. So what if you fail? So quite often the inner critic tells us, don't do this, you'll fail. Or if you do this, you'll, I don't know, ruin it for everyone else. Or you'll show yourself up as an imposter or whatever it might be. But actually that can be the point at which we stop. If we say so what and we get curious about that again, that unblocks it sometimes. So let me give you an example. Um, I want to go back to university and study a language and I'm going to change my career and become a translator. And you get excited. You get that um, year out feeling of that inhabiting a space bigger than you used to. It's it's a wonderful excitement that you can feel where, where you feel those wonderful excitements. And then your inner critic kicks in and starts saying, oh, yeah, but then you'll be giving up your income and actually the family will have to tighten its belt and everyone's reliant on you. And what happens if you do all this training and then you don't become a translator? And you know that voice, that one. So go beyond and say, so what? So what? So what if I don't make it as a translator? So what if our income goes down? And then you start to find the solutions. You start thinking, well, if the income goes down, here are the things that we could cut. Here are the things where we could tighten our belt. If it doesn't work out for me being a translator, I can go back to my old job. I've got some contacts. I can keep nurturing those. You begin to solve some of the problems that the inner critic is throwing up for you. That can be really invaluable in helping you move forward. The final category that I want to share with you is when you feel like you don't have enough time. So I've got three techniques under here as well. Number one is work with your energy. So if you feel like you don't have enough time, sometimes that's because actually we don't use our time wisely. We don't use it well in alignment with our energy patterns. So what's your chronotype? By that, you may have um, heard this referred to as a lark or an owl. So your chronotype is when you get your energy. A lark typically likes to be asleep by about 10 and will wake up at 6, naturally. Not bang on, obviously, but around those times. They have energy around noon, particularly, and in the morning, and then they slump in the early afternoon. An owl generally would stay awake past midnight and not wake until 10-ish if they could. They peak in the middle of the day and into the evening. A hummingbird is the only one that's best suited to our Monday to Friday 9 to 5 pattern, which is where they wake up naturally around 7, they're in bed by about 11. They tend to work well between 9 to 5 with a slight afternoon slump. So get to know which is your chronotype. You can do this by keeping a bit of a diary and noticing when your energy flags. And then use it. So if you can, schedule the things that don't take too much brain power 
for the times when you're feeling slumpish. Schedule the things that need real concentration for the times when you have the most energy. Learn to work with it. And also your monthly cycle. You will have different times when you're feeling more or less energised during your monthly cycle. Avoid meetings where they can be um, confrontational or stressful around the time of your period because you'll naturally be feeling more vulnerable and lower at those times. So monitor it, test it out, see how it works for you. Another thing for not enough time, and sometimes that feeling of seeing the to-do list and being overwhelmed by it is huge. Implement from the book Getting Things Done by David Allen, implement the two-minute test. So that is, if you can do it in two minutes, do it then and there because it's quicker than adding it to a to-do list and then coming back to it, finding the energy to do it and the information you need and starting again. If you can do it in two minutes, just do it. And number three, this I love. Um, And when you download the uh, Beating Procrastination Toolkit, I'll put the link in for you here. Um, When you download it, there's there's a, um, a template you can use for this. But from the wonderful adventurer, Alistair Humphreys, he has um, shared a technique, um, which is where you have 168 blocks. Each of those blocks represents an hour in your week. Get aware of how you're spending your time. So fill in each of those blocks. You might fill in seven lots of eight blocks to represent the eight hours sleep you have every night, if that's the case. You might want to fill in a few blocks for your commute, if you're still doing it or for the domestic chores around the house, or for food shopping and preparation, or for the kids' bath times and bedtimes, or for the exercise that you do. Or, and here's where you must do it, fill in the amount of time you spend on your phone. Fill in the amount of time you spend watching TV idly in the evening. Now, it's not to say those things are bad, But when you've coloured in all your blocks, all your 168 blocks, and you see where you're using your time during the week, it can help you make some good choices. It will also, I promise you, stop you from saying, I have no time. How we choose to spend our time is, of course, how we choose to spend our days, which is inevitably our life. Have a look and see if you can reap reformat how you're spending your time and hey that's not to say that Netflix and chill is a bad thing actually if you know that that's what restores you and gives you energy keep doing it all I'm saying is have a look and review how you spend your time so that's a whistle stop tour I hope it's helpful and this is the last of um, the ways in which I can pull all of this together I'm going to take some of the hints and tips and share them over Instagram um, in a in a few weeks uh, and drop those in as well as a reminder because actually all of this stuff it takes practice. You can't just suddenly implement the tools and be fixed as it were or be better or stop your procrastination. You have to keep practicing them and you have to notice when you're procrastinating so you know when to use the tools. But don't forget we all do it doesn't make you lazy, doesn't make you a bad person, just means you haven't found the right toolkit. Hopefully you have now. If this is something that really appeals to you and you want to know more, then there's some tools that you can use that I can help you with. If you struggle because you 
are largely lacking in motivation and you don't have a network that surrounds you, then join my Amazing Women Leaders programme, which will set you up with a group of ready-made accountability partners. You can also do that through the Awesome Women's Retreat if your procrastination is specifically around setting up or re-energising your business. The Compass, which will relaunch soon, helps you to understand what's important to you. So if you struggle to prioritise, this is invaluable. And of course, follow me on Instagram for more hints and tips and drop me a line. I'm at quietthehive at gmail.com and I'd love to hear from you in terms of what works for you, what works less well. If you've got other hints and tips that you think would work brilliantly for other people, let me know about them. And if you haven't signed up, for the next iteration of the quarterly personal review, which kicks off on December the 28th, make sure you do that too, because it's another way that you've got some accountability partners and some time to reflect on how you want to spend your time, what your eagle vision's going to be, and how you can take the mouse steps to get there. It's been great chatting to you. I hope you found it useful. Let me know. Comments, feedback, all welcome. Take very good care of yourselves, and I will speak to you soon. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast from Inside the Hive by Quiet the Hive, then please leave us a five-star rating or drop us any comments in the box below. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Any comments or ratings you give us all help other people who would benefit from the content to find us. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.